Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I am welcoming Elena Fareschini. She's Director of Strategy and Sustainability at Seven for All Mankind. Hello, Elena. How are you? Hello, Adrian. Thank you so much. I'm very well. Thank you for having me here today. You're welcome. Um, so to begin with, I would like to to know a bit more about you and Seven for All Mankind. Uh, my very first question is, can you tell us about your career journey and uh, what led you to your role as Director of Strategy and Sustainability at Seven for All Mankind? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm very new in the job, but it's been actually a month that I've been working at uh, Seven for All Mankind. Uh, it's extremely new. The position is also new, but I'll give you a little bit of background um, with regards to my career journey and what I did in the past. So I've been working in the fashion and lifestyle industry for over 20 years, uh, and I achieved, uh, let's say, 360-degree experience across the supply chain, starting from the brand development, and I worked in retail, and finally, I worked also on the production side. And now I came back to my roots, let's say, my DNA, and also where my passion lies, which is working with the denim brand, so also on the consumer-facing side. So just a brief recap of my working journey. I graduated in 2001 as in business administration in Italy. I started working in Arthur Anderson Consulting uh, just for a few months. And then immediately after, I worked into the beauty and fragrance sector. I worked in Lancaster in the marketing department from 2001 to 2005. And in 2005, I moved to Diesel where I was working first in the licensing department and then finally in the brand department as manager of Five Pockets Female, which is my first denim experience, let's say. In 2010, I went to work in Dubai, where I got a lot of experience on the retail side. I worked with various department stores uh, like Bloomingdale's, Harvey Nichols, and finally Carolina Lafayette, where I was head of uh, marketing and visual merchandising. And in 2016, I moved back to Europe. I went to live in Amsterdam, where I started uh, studying. I was actually doing a master in sports management. I'm a big fan of the sports world. And at the same time, I started working for ISCO, which is where uh, my previous experience lies. And I worked in ISCO for six and a half years. And in August 2023, so just over a month ago, I started working in Seven for All Mankind. So I'm now in charge of sustainability and strategic projects, as you mentioned. Um, I must say that the experience I earned while working in ISPO has deeply helped me to understand the challenges faced by the fashion industry in terms of sustainability and responsible, responsibility. I prefer to talk about responsibility, actually. Okay. It also uh, gave me a strategic and practical outlook in the arena of certifications and practices. 
So having the experience uh, then also on the retail and, and B2C side gives you a better understanding of how to translate this message to the end consumer, which today it is, is a challenge for the industry. So this is a bit of a recap of my uh, Fantastic. experience. Yeah. Thank you very much. And um, and for those listen, listeners um, new to Seven for All Mankind, how would you describe it and what make it uh, a, a responsible brand? Because you you want uh, you want us to to use the responsibility word. Yes. Um, <laughs> what is it, Seven for All Mankind? So Seven for All Mankind, first of all, is the first premium denim brand born in LA, Los Angeles, California. It's very well known for its perfect fits, made with finest high-quality denim, engineered for softness, stretch, shape retention, and an authentic look. The brand is on a mission to design and produce beautiful products with a focus on responsible materials and practices that will reduce our impact on the planet. So uh, this is where my role has come into play. It's, as I said at the start, it's a new position that has been created. Uh, there has been created a program called the Better for All Mankind program, which was launched a few years ago, which features uh, genes made from degradable data and recycled materials, for example, recycled cotton uh, and polyester, and produced using processes that are kinder to the environment. My role strengthens Seven for Mankind's strategy and is aimed at reinforcing its commitments and positioning in the denim arena. So having also come into this role very recently, I was pleasantly surprised, I must say, to find that the company respects very responsible practices, both from a social and an environmental point of view. So, for example, the buying team has been incorporating recycled materials for quite a few years, and BCI cotton is also a big part of our buys. What I'm here to do is also to, let's say, pull the strings together and ensure that this is also communicated with criteria and clarity to the end consumers, educating them to make better purchasing decisions. Fantastic. Let's talk about the consumers. Um, how do you think consumers define eco-responsibility uh, or eco-responsible fashion in 2023? Well, I think customers are quite confused at the moment because mm. they have been bombarded with information on sustainability, etc. for the past few years from all over the place, from all sites, from all brands. It's amazing. It's super confusing. Even for us in the industry, I must say, it's, sometimes it's very confusing. Um, in general, answering your question, looking at the overall public, let's say, I think they would define sustainable fashion garments that respect the environment through the materials utilized and the claims that are made. And by materials, I mean not only the fibers, but also the accessories, the hang tags, etc. Yeah. However, there's a lot of education that's to be done still. And uh, I think we should see this as an opportunity for the industry, the education part. Mm. I always compare the fashion industry to the food industry because it's it's quite easy to understand. In the 90s, consumers were not educated on the origins of food, the ingredients, uh, the supply chain, etc. Uh, you bought tomatoes in the supermarket, you had no idea what they came from, and you had organic that tomatoes sitting on the side, and you didn't understand what that meant. You just thought it was more expensive, right? Now, uh, when you go to a supermarket, uh, everyone makes more conscious decisions. And this is how I see, well, maybe I simplify the fashion industry, you know, developing in the next decade, and especially the denim industry, because of course, denim is a beast on its own. So hopefully in years time, when we will be more educated uh, for obvious reasons, 
that will also, you know, understand the supply chain better, understand the ingredients and what we're buying. And this will help us make more conscious decisions. Thank you. What challenges do consumers face when trying to adopt a more sustainable fashion lifestyle? Well, as I mentioned before, I think the challenge is that there's so much information in the market, but the level of education on the topic of sustainability is still a bit low. Mm. So it's difficult to understand what's right or wrong and to identify cases of greenwashing. There's a lot of confusion and many also different schools of thought. So there is also some good ideas out there, but some of them may be conflicting just because it's, you know, different thoughts. Mm. Uh, and many also have lost faith due to greenwashing cases that have happened in the past. The media also, of course, plays a big role. Uh, others think that sustainability brings a higher price tag with it, which is not always the case. Mm. But perhaps maybe the younger generation is a bit more knowledgeable and, uh, you know, they're a bit more educated. But it also depends on the different regions of the world. In some areas, um, the knowledge around sustainability is higher and others, there's still a lot to be done. So, Fantastic. How do you engage uh, with your customers uh, in, uh, in your sustainability initiatives? Uh, what recent sustainability uh, focus innovation has Sevenfold Mankind introduced in, uh, in response to consumer demand? Well, uh, we do it both through on-product communications, um, explaining why uh-huh. exp- explaining why the, the fabrics are responsible through marketing initiatives. And for example, we're launching an in-store denim take-back program, just as okay. we speak in these days. Asking customers to bring back their used old garments so that mm-hmm. we can recycle them back into new fabrics and garments. And as an incentive, we offer them a discount on the new collection. So this is a new initiative, for example. Okay. In my new role, my aim is to reinforce Seven Fall Mankind's presence in this arena, engaging and educating the customers on a more consistent basis. So given the fact that our customers are also very loyal customers, they would I think they would appreciate being educated, having more information on what they're buying and also the why, let's say, behind it. Um, answering your question on uh, sustainability-focused innovations, well, a uh, strong focus is, is placed by the brand on constant innovation. Uh, I think I mentioned before that a few years ago, the program called Better for All Mankind was launched together with targets in terms of responsibility. Uh, the program was is aimed at setting guidelines for the brand to become more responsible, starting from the products uh, it's uh, developed. So we launched uh, two programs. One was called Earthkind. The other one is called Denim Luster. Uh, we also have a strong commitment to BCI, which has grown in percentage in the past few years. However, overall, aside from specific programs, keep in mind that almost all of Seven Fall Mankind's garments contain a percentage of responsible materials, be it recycled or degradable, and all buying is done respecting responsible sourcing standards. And the same reasoning goes towards in-store and window window materials, for example. So the, the bases are very good. What, what advice would you offer uh, our listeners to make more conscious and sustainable fashion choices? Well, be curious, educate hmm. yourselves in the first place, choose garments that are long-lasting, durable, and also repair what you love. Fantastic. And how can consumers positively, uh, and how can consumers positively influence the fashion industry toward greater responsibility? Well, in the end, I think responsibility is fully in the hands of consumers. Of course. 
they're making the final choice and so it's in their hands. Mm. Um, I want to talk about uh, the regulatory labeling preparation. Um, Um, in Europe and uh, and and I guess all over the world, um, there is evolving regulation around around the product labeling and transparency. How do you uh, prepare yourself to meet these requirements? Well, my role has also been created to ensure that we not only comply with all the requirements, but that we have a long-term strategy in place that ensure, ensures brand equity and growth. So first of all, we're working internally to achieve this, to ensure that all departments are up to speed and aligned. And we also work with the support of international external partners to guide us on the legislative side. So it's not only to comply with the regulations, but it's also to have a strategy and to be able to educate the consumers on this. Mm. Um, and how, how do you anticipate this regula regulatory labeling will, will influence consumer choices and, and, and the brand relationship with the clientele? Well, I think that as the end consumer will be somehow obliged um, to educate him or herself, the level of knowledge will grow. So I also foresee that consumers will therefore become more loyal to the brands that help them in this growth. So I think transparency also plays a key role here. Hmm. Uh, coming back on, on the labeling uh, obligations, uh, when will you be ready to, 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 for that? Because I, I guess in, in, in France, uh, the deadline is, is quite soon, no? isn't it? Yes, there's a series of uh, regulations that we need to comply to. So uh, basically, there was EPR regulations that have been set as uh, targets um, for the EPR stands for Extended Producer Responsibility uh, that have been set as targets at a European level. But some countries have already actually moved on this. So yes, France is definitely one of them and the Netherlands as well. Um, and gradually, the other countries will have to comply. So I think that within a few years, then all the brands will be obliged to do this. We're already moving in the sense. So we're already moving to ensure that we have the EPR regulations uh, in place. But we're also working towards having a digital product passport, which is also fundamental and that is also part of the regulations. So um, I think within you know the next few years, all the brands will have to comply to this. And this is also part of our roadmap as well for the short and medium and long yeah. term. And, and basically, can you give us some example of uh, information that will be uh, that will be on the labels? Well, information on the side of supply chain, transparency, so um, letting the customer know where the fabrics are coming from, more detailed information on the compositions, so what composition of the fabric in terms of recycled materials and not recycled materials, um, the origins as well, so which countries, uh, more detailed information uh, also on the, the, uh, the durability of the garments, how to take care of the garments. And this kind of information will be uh, available on the labeling of the garments, perhaps through QR codes, uh, but also through um, the website data as well. And and how, how did you how do, how do you manage to to find all this information? Because we know the fashion industry is quite a, a opaque industry; it's not very transparent. And uh, there's a huge, uh, a, a huge uh, work to be done uh, when it comes to transparency at every level of the industry. Um, yeah, how, how do you, how do you manage to, how, how will you manage to, to get this transparency? What tools will you use? Um, how do you get help in, to, to, to make it? So for sure, it's a challenge. At the moment, we don't have all the information you can imagine. As you said, not everybody is transparent, but also 
different companies speak different languages as well. So the difficulty will be not only obtaining all the data, but having um, uniformity in the data as well. Because, of course, you may have different terms, uh, terminologies being used, the different levels of transparency. So as a start, let's say we do have a strict supplier onboarding and compliance program, and we're supported by external partners for the auditing side, including code of conduct and so on. Um, so we at, at an initial screening phase, we already have uh, you know, this onboarding program that helps us to understand which level of transparency we can get from our suppliers, which are also helps. But with smaller companies that may be less structured by companies, I mean, suppliers, of course, it may be more difficult to get the data. So this is something that we're getting help on, also with the use of external partners and external organizations. Well, what for was example, the- we work with the HIG program, for example. HIG program. HIG, HIG program. Ah, HIG program, of HIG, course. HIG, yeah. index. HIG index, of course. Yes. Uh, and what tools and, t- and technology does uh, do, do you use to ensure uh, uh, improve the transparency of its supply, of your supply chain? Well, as I was saying, you know, we're part of numerous global organizations, and yeah. these associations, such as the Sustainable Paris Coalition or Textile Exchange, support us in the path of improving transparency. And the tool that I mentioned, Hey Index, also helps. Uh, the future, if in the future, I think the aim is to make these tools or their result, results more accessible also to the final consumers, but also understandable. This is something that we're working on. I think having the legislations that are in place that we were referring to before will also promote higher transparency levels. So um, I think having the right tools, keep it simple uh, as well, because otherwise we are complicating our lives. It's already quite difficult. I think keeping it simple is going to be important, but having external partners develop these tools. Uh, and there is a lot of suppliers, luckily, moving in this direction will help. So having the right tools that, uh, that measure either the carbon offsetting, for example, or the, the fabric types and so on, and also understanding how then the recyclability of the different fabrics is going to be very important. Mm. What, what, what are your biggest challenges in your, in your new role uh, as a, as a, as a, as a responsible uh, manager, uh, as, you, as, as director of strategy and sustainability uh, in, at Seven for All Mankind? Well, starting from the positive things, I must say that as I was saying, I, when I came into my new role a month ago, I uh, immediately understood that a lot of responsible things are, uh, are being done already in the company. The processes mm. are in place, uh, both from a sourcing point of view in terms of how the products are designed and developed and created. So the mindset is already set, you know. So in Seven for Mankind, luckily, there is a responsible mindset. And not only referring to environmental and process practices, but also on the social side of business, which is great. I think one of the challenges will be to understand which external partners um, to work with to make sure that, you know, we have a very consistent uh, roadmap and strategy in place and ensuring that we have uh, a simple message also sent out to the end consumer. Because in the end, you know, we, we're not going to change our vision and mission. Uh, we're not going to change the, our DNA uh, because the customers are loyal to us because of what we are. But we need to ensure that the consumers understand more. So translating all these messages to the end consumer and making sure that um, we're consistent for the future as well might be a challenge. 
And of course, you know, keeping up with the legislations, that's something we will do constantly uh, with the help of external partners, as I mentioned. Of course. Um, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs, designers who are listening to us. Uh, when it comes to, to responsibility, what advice do you, will you give them to make sure, uh, the brand, the brand they are launching or the product they are designing, um, are more sustainable and, uh, and, uh, yeah, are more sustainable? I think internal education is a, is a base. Uh, if you don't have a company that has, a responsibility embedded within the people that are working in the company, within the employees. And it's, of course, very difficult to transmit that message, you know, all the way across the internal chain. So having internal education and making sure that the responsible practices start from the design of the product as well. So having, you know, clear, simple rules, you know, to start off with at least, and setting, of course, very uh, ambitious targets. So the famous behance big hair additional goals, uh, but also making sure that you also have clear and accessible roadmaps for everybody. So the, the targets need to be very high and ambitious, but of course we need to have, you know, small steps being taken. So starting from the design of the product, going through to the processes. And I think also involving everybody in the company, you know, when you talk about responsibility, it's not only the design department, it's not only the buying department that has to be made responsible. It's also the HR team. It's also the, the finance team. So everybody needs to be involved. Of course. What, what, what is the ultimate goal um, when you lead a, when you lead a brand uh, like Seven for All Mankind uh, when it comes to sustainability? Um, I think, again, you know, making sure that our practices are clear and, of course, setting uh, ambitious targets for the next few years, so not hmm. only for the medium but for the long term, uh, and making sure that the message is transferred clearly to the end consumer. To make sure that the um, the business also develops in a sustainable way and grows, of and working with partners, partnerships is very important. Not only with associations, but also work with other brands to share the information. So the, when we talk about transparency, it shouldn't only be vertical transparency; it needs to be horizontal transparency as well. So I'm, you know, very open to working, you know, with other brands and sharing information so that the industry grows. So competition needs to be positive as well. Fantastic. Thank, um, let, let's move to the quick rapid fire question uh, part of this interview. Um, which consumer trend uh, excites you the most right now? Uh, well, I love denim and sportswear. So these are the trends that uh, excite me because it's uh, part of what I love. And mm -hmm. it's what I see on the market gives a lot of um, opportunity for innovation. <laughs> Who do you look up for inspiration and, and staying uh, on the cutting edge? Um, I would say sports tech companies because they are very innovative. Sport tech companies. Do you have any many examples? Uh, well, I can think of uh, what relates to my passion, which is cycling. There's a lot of brands in the cycling industry that are, you know, moving fast speed using different kinds of innovative and sustainable materials. What do, what was your most recent closing purchase? A pair of seven of all mankind earth kind jeans. <laughs> That's good. That's good to wear a it. Uh, who would you like to listen or to hear in this podcast? Wow. Okay. Well, if I can choose anyone, I would say Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Of course. And what would you, what, what would you ask him? Well, I would like to talk to him about responsibility and sustainability because Nike is one of those brands that have been, has been working on it for many, many years. Uh, 
sort of behind the curtains and uh you know their processes and the people and um and their products so i would definitely talk to him about uh responsibility fantastic thank you so much for your time it was a pleasure to have you on the show and speak you soon thanks to you adrian thanks for everybody listening in speak soon <laughs> bye thank you bye thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion.